I'm Emily, and this is Six Feet of Science, the kids' science podcast that is powered by your curious questions that just can't wait until school is back in session. Every episode, expert explainers tackle the questions that you call in. So on today's show, we are only dealing with one question, because the question that we had called in from one of our kid listeners for this week is a pretty complicated one. This question has to do with the creation of the universe. So I've brought in Mr. Andrew Benker. He is a physics teacher at Benson High School here in Omaha, and he has a degree in astronomy. Mr. Benker, thank you for getting on the phone with me today. Yeah, no problem. Are you ready to tackle Peter's question about the universe? I will give it a shot because it is a doozy. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here is Peter Davis's question. Hi, I am Peter Davis. When the universe is created, it has an equal amount of positive and negative energy usually canceling each other out. And my question is, why did all the not get canceled out? So Peter has a great question. It's actually one of the biggest ones in physics today. And people have been trying to figure it out for, God, over 100 years now. Anybody that does get that one answered will be eligible probably for the Nobel Prize. So it's a doozy. Okay. When he says that the universe started with positive and negative energy, what I'm thinking he's talking about is there is this event astronomers and physicists have evidence for called the Big Bang, which is describes the creation of the universe. And it was an immense amount of energy a long time ago, about 14 billion years ago. And from that, that energy gets transformed into matter. And there is matter and antimatter it forms out of that. Okay, I think you got to slow down here, uh, Mr. Banker. So you're you're saying we we got this Big Bang theory, which is what most scientists hold as a, a creation of the universe. But you said there's a whole lot of energy, and then the energy becomes matter. I how can that happen? So this is the. What the famous equation E equals MC squared is describing to scientists that uh, Albert Einstein came up with. And it's this idea that energy and matter are really like two sides of the same coin. They're really the same thing. And so you can turn energy into matter and you can turn matter into energy. Okay. And when we think of energy, what types of things should we be thinking of? So energy would be heat in your body, the electricity for our phones. Um, but in this essence, for the Big Bang, you really should probably think of light energy. Light energy. Okay. And then you also said the word matter. So matter is that like physical things like drops of water or chairs that we sit in? Mm-hmm. Matter would be, um, the easy way to think about it is anything that you can touch. Okay. And so if energy gets concentrated enough, 
then it can turn into the physical stuff, things we can touch. And you're not saying that just happens all the time, or, or actually maybe you are saying it happens all the time. Does it just happen all the time, but it's so small we don't see it? That is true. It, it does happen everywhere in small little bits. Um, whenever people are talking about radioactive stuff um, and radiation, this is the same general thing. You can't really see it, but it is there. Um, the Big Bang is just a very intense, concentrated event where this was absolutely insanely big. Okay, so tell us about that insanely big moment of concentrated energy and what happened when the energy turned into matter. Yeah, so when the energy turns into matter, um, we get two types of matter. We get regular matter, which would be protons, neutrons, and electrons. And do we just sometimes call protons, electrons, and neutrons particles? Yes. Okay, and that's just a word that means any of them. It's just it's just a word that scientists use to describe or talk about a proton or an electron or a neutron. Yep, it would be the same as talking about, like, myself, Mr. Banker, and I am also a person, and we are all people. So people and particles are sort of the, the same way we talk about. Okay, cool. And um, protons and electrons and neutrons, sometimes just referred to as particles, are what make up matter, all the physical stuff we can touch. Yep. So once we have the matter, the other thing that's created at the same time is antimatter. And it's basically a mirror image of regular matter. So it has weight, just like a drop of water. It has a positive or negative charge to it, So, it, but it's going to be the opposite charge of the regular matter. And it's also spinning, but it's going to be spinning the opposite way the regular matter was. So just like when you look in a mirror, you see yourself, right? You, you're the same height, same weight, the same age. But when you raise your right hand, it also raises its hand, but it raises its left hand in the mirror. Okay. And that's basically a, a, an easy way to think about what matter and antimatter are. They're the same general thing, almost identical, except for one's an, a mirror image of the other. Okay. So if we imagine if we had some special kind of vision and we could drill right down into that chair or water droplet that we're looking at, eventually, if we could look small enough, we would see these particles and they would all be moving, right? And they some of them would be positively charged. Some of them would be negatively charged and they would be spinning too. And what you're saying is that the matter and the antimatter look very similar, except the antimatter and matter will be spinning opposite directions and they will have opposite charges. Yep. So you would have a positive proton and it would have a mirror image, what's called an antiproton, that instead of being positive is negative. Okay. But why are we talking about all of this? What does this have to do with Peter's question uh, of, of the universe and positive and negative energy canceling each other out? So we have all of this energy. It forms matter and antimatter. And it always seems to form a pair. And when matter and antimatter get close to each other, remember, one's positive, one's negative, and opposites attract. 
they touch each other and then they transform back into energy. And that matter basically disappears. Oh, so then why doesn't the whole universe disappear, right? That's what Peter's asking. Right. I mean, when you look around, you see all sorts of matter, all sorts of things you can touch. Like I've got a desk in front of me and a phone in my hand. And when I touch it, it doesn't explode into energy. So it's also matter. And we don't see antimatter anywhere. And this is a huge question in physics and astronomy. So it sounds like what you're saying is that scientists have worked really hard for all these years to develop these rules. And we know that most of these particles and uh, other things are obeying those rules. But we can't really figure out this last part of it. This doesn't seem to follow the rules. Yeah, it's an exciting question. This is where scientists really get um, enthusiastic about what they study. And they actually talk about it over coffee. Something is breaking the rules and they want to know what, like how it does it or what the rules actually are so that they can fix them. So where are some places in the world where scientists are working on this? So the, the general type of lab that studies this are called particle colliders. Um, Fermilab, CERN, and the big one in the news lately, because it's the biggest one in the world right now, is the Large Hadron Collider. And what they do is they take atoms and these particles and they put them in giant underground tracks that are miles and miles across and they get them going really 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 fast and then they smash them into each other and see what comes out because you need to have a lot of energy in order to see this matter antimatter stuff in any real detail because you need a lot of energy and you need that energy to then be smashed into each other or really condensed which is what we think happened during the big bang so it seems like these experiments are trying to replicate some of what would have happened during the big bang just at a very very small scale is that right yeah that's exactly right i mean that's what physicists and scientists try to do is to run an experiment to recreate things that happen um, so that we're not just coming up with crazy ideas and writing awesome stories about them. So what do they find in these experiments when they smash the protons and electrons together? Do they disappear? Do they disappear into energy? Uh, Yeah, a lot of them, you know, you create this matter and antimatter. They separate out for a bit, then the positives pull the negatives back to each other, and then they annihilate and they disappear. But we've been finding, and this is only about 15, 20 years that we've started really getting a good look at this, that there is some matter left and some antimatter goes missing. So we've seen in labs that this doesn't quite work the way we think it does. But it sounds from the tone of your voice that even though we see this happening in the experiments, sounds like we don't really know why. Yeah, we don't know why exactly. This is this is where the scientists come up with ideas and they say, well, if my idea is right, uh, we should see, you know, this certain thing happen. And then they go back to the data and they run the experiment again and they see if it if it happened that way. And We don't really know. We're still in that process of checking our answers and coming up with ideas. What is this particular branch of science called? Like if one of our listeners wanted to study this when they're older, what would they end up studying? So the the branch of physics is called particle physics. 
Um, it ties into nuclear physics, so all the stuff about nuclear and atomic energy and, and atomic bombs is kind of the same idea. Uh, and this particular problem is called baryogenesis, which is a fancy Latin word that means creation of matter. That's great, baryogenesis. And we often like to bring up some topics and keywords that some of our older listeners might be able to search on their own if they're interested. Is there anything else you'd like to mention that some of our older listeners might look up on their own later? Yeah, there's um, a specific term here called the charge parity violation, or it's usually shortened to CP violation. And that's just saying that the charge and the fact that these operate in pairs, matter and antimatter, is breaking the rules. So again, it's a really fancy way of saying something's not right. But that's charge parity or CP violation. Okay, CP violation. So that's for some of our older listeners to look up on your own. Mr. Banker, is there anything else you'd like to leave us with before we hang up today? The only thought I have is that it's questions like this that are the big ones. Why does this happen? That are the ones that found even the, the biggest science with machines that are miles across, run by experts that have been working on it for 30 or 40 years, we're all asking the same questions. So if you want to get good at science, that is probably the big key skill is just to ask, why does this happen? And then when somebody gives you an answer, you just see if it fits together and answers that. And then you, again, ask why. We feature music on this podcast from Colin Smith and Culture House. That's culture with an X. We have links to those artists on our website, which of course is kios.org. I'm Emily, and you've been listening to Six Feet of Science, a kid's show in a time of social distancing, where we take your questions that just can't wait until school's back. We do owe a big thanks to the Omaha Children's Museum for their collaboration on this podcast, as well as Omaha Public Schools. This podcast is produced by Omaha Public Radio, which you can find on kios.org. You can also find this podcast on all the major podcast platforms. Be sure to subscribe there and please leave us a review. And be sure to check back next week for more of Six Feet of Science.